Okay. Um, I wanted to make a, a couple of announcements here that um, regarding stuff that's coming up. Uh, and one of the things is, you know, if, if according to California guidelines, which I'm really not sure where we're at right now, um, <clears throat> they change, but I think we're technically um, in compliance doing this. Um, but I don't know that, you know, in, in, in my um, mind, I, I've been thinking it's, it's better just to go and, and do the things that we, we do without standing out and broadcasting uh, or that I'm going to poke my thumb in your eye or anything like that. So to that end, um, welcome. I'm glad you're here. I've had lots of people ask, are we having services? And I say, well, yeah, we're streaming them. And people come, and I'm not telling them they can't come and sit in their own church. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. And I'm thrilled to have you here. I got to say, I'm grateful that you're here. And um, I, this is a good time. It's a family reunion, and we are being um, safe and using our guidelines. To that end, I want to add some more announcements for some blessings that are going to come in. We're going to go under the radar on this as well. Um, a Bible study. Uh, <laughs> my, my friend Debbie is uh, asked if there could be a Bible study that she's going to, had been doing prior uh, at the church that she was at before, and it's based on the story, and it is going to resume here over in the um, fellowship hall uh, on Wednesdays, starting at about 2 o'clock, 2 to 3, 1.30, so 1.30 to 2.30 to 3, something like that, about an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, and so we'll have the air conditioning on, so it'll be nice and cool. And um, the story is uh, uh, what I've been researching and so forth. It sounds wonderful. Uh, it takes you along the path of the Bible in a chronological way, correct? Is that, that it? And uh, we will make it available to anybody that wants it. Ne need to get an email to Ashley and let her know. And the church has funds to purchase the book. And I think you're using a workbook too, right? So um, let us know if you'd like to come. And then we'll let you know what our RSVPs are on that. The more the merrier. And I'm grateful for you, both of you, yeah, <laughs> Debbie and Roger Weiss, and so thank you guys for doing that. So that's a wonderful thing. The other thing is, um, I don't, can't mention her by name, Eldred, um, but I understand that there's a movie that can be um, watched on September the 5th that is on the Up channel. It's... The, it's called I Can Only Imagine. I Can Only Imagine, I think. Yeah, we saw it. But anyway, it's going to be available on September the 5th at 9 p.m. on the Up Channel. And I don't have the Up Channel where we are with Cox Communications. Do you have the Up Channel there? Yep, we've got a couple of them. So, you, you do? Okay. So it's available there, and it's just a friendly, because it's, it's a nice movie. Um, the next movie, when we can all get together, um, that I'd like to have us watch is um, I Still Believe. 
It is a beautiful movie. The, the music is beautiful. We played it here, and since we're not being recorded right now, but Facebook, even though it didn't get piped in electronically or use YouTube on there, they heard it through our speakers, and they um, muted the service because we played I Still Believe on there. Somehow they knew it was going. And, and we do pay money for licensing. So, you know, <laughs> it, 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 I guess, you know, Big Brother kind of is, is real. The good news is if you talk about needing to have your carpet patched, you'll probably get something in your live feed with about five different guys that can provide it for you. You know, it's comforting to know that they're listening. Or, gee, I sure would like some uh, fettuccine Alfredo, and the next thing you know, you get recipes for it. So um, we got that going for us. All right, well, that's enough. Um, David, key up the hot mic. Everyone watch their language. And uh, let us, uh, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> the Gillettes. The Reverend Dr. Gillette, I just heard he, <laughs> this week he came in. Uh, Chris and Adair are back with us. We're so happy to have you back. And, Thank you for having us. Yeah. Happy to be here. And prayers for uh, those that are on the East Coast that you've made friends with and, and uh, so forth because we got a double whammy coming uh, we two that way. Hurricanes yeah, two hurricanes. Yeah, two. Now, who had that on the chart, right? We had murder hornets a couple months ago, but now it's. <laughs> two, two hurricanes. Two hurricanes, yeah. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about these kind of things today, but let us stand if you can, and let us uh, start with our opening hymn, Cornerstone. Nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest friend, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. We'll sing that again. My hope is built. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Trust the sweetest friend, but only trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. darkness seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil my anchor holds within the veil Christ alone cornerstone Weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. When He shall come with trumpet sound, 
Oh, may I then in Him be found, dressed in His righteousness and love, faultless to stand before the throne. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love, through the storm. come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us take a moment of silent reflection. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most, Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, 
Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who here offer their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Almighty God, whom to know is everlasting life, grant us to know your Son, Jesus, to be the way, the truth, and the life that we may boldly confess him to be the Christ and steadfastly walk in the way that leads to life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 51, verses 1 and verses 6, and can be found on page 1141 in your pew Bible. This section of the Bible is, is titled, Everlasting Salvation for Zion. There are only a few of the true faithful left when God reminds them that he is with them and the truth will prevail. Isaiah 51, 1 through 6. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was only one man, and I blessed him and, many, and made him many. The Lord will surely comfort Zion. He will look with compassion on all her ruins. 
He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. Instructions will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily. My salvation is on the way, and my arm will bring justice to the nations. The island will look to me and wait in hope for my arm. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants die like flies. But my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. We will read Psalm 138 responsively, which is printed in your bulletin on page 6. Psalm 138. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your solemn decree that it surpass your fame. When I called, you answered me. You greatly emboldened me. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The epistle this morning is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 11, verses 33 through chapter 12, verse 8, and can be found on page 1763 in the Pew Bible. This section of Romans is titled the doxology. Paul's letter to the Romans is a prayer of praise for God for the wisdom of his plan. Romans 11:33 through 12:8. On the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable is his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to the Lord that God should repay them? From him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, or rather think of yourself with somber judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. 
For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophecy is according to your prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 through 20, and can be found on page 1524 in your pew Bible. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, they say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. What about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church The gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In uh, 
well, over the last de decade, there is a very large industry that has emerged in America, and it's become wildly popular and embraced. And you may ask, well, <laughs> which one is that? Well, I'll tell you. It's the genealogy or the DNA industry. There is a, a lot of money being made in that right now. The records that I found um, were quite old. They were dated back to the year 2014. So six years ago in the genealogy business, um, they touted $2 billion in revenue each year. $2 billion. And it is still thriving today because so many people, they want to learn about their family history. And a quick search, which that's what I did prepping for this, um, reveals that there are more than 40 companies 40 different links, I counted, that are ready to take your money and your spit. That's how they do it. I'm, you, know, you know that. He just said spit from the pulpit. To tell you all about who you are. So I, okay, I'll just stop with the spit. Why would there be a need why would we see such a demand for this kind of a service? I'm sure you're all thinking, you know, from your own point of view right now, and you probably could tell me, well, let me take a stab at it. I think that people want to know where they came from. More specifically, at least for many of the older baby boomers, um, of which I just made it in 1964. I'm a baby boomer. Um, there's a concern, a desire to learn about the family medical history, that they want to know if heart disease, did it run in the family, or cancer, or diabetes, or hypertension, or maybe even depression. What sorts of health issues did my forefathers live with or die from that I may be, well, I, I don't have enough things to worry about, so I need to be concerned about that too. I'll pay good money to do that. The old adage is that knowing where I come from or came from helps me to understand where I am going, or said in another way, those who don't know and learn from their history are doomed to repeat it. I don't subscribe to that, but you know, maybe there's some truth in it. I think you need to be educated and, and know things. But yikes, you know, that's a lot. Is this a human nature? Are we looking for comfort through this? Are we looking for peace that these companies might offer us? Are we looking for power and control? Or is it just that I, I just need to know? Well, 
we do know and we do see and we do hear daily that the world that we live in, the world that we play in, and the world that we work in is sinfully sick and dying right now. And it's scary. Let's just think about this. Over the last couple of weeks, think about the news that you've heard about riots, about looting, about COVID-19 statistics, about churches being closed, and liquor stores and weed dispensaries being open. We're hearing about terrorism throughout the world. We're hearing and seeing bombings and continuing murders that are perpetrated on the innocent in the name of a false god. And that is all very scary stuff. That's not even taking into consideration all the other sickening garbage that we're exposed to every single day. Those things are like pornography or promiscuity or adultery or greed or covetousness, theft, murder. And we hear and see the defaming and the criminalizing of anything that even remotely resembles Christianity. It's those Lutherans. <laughs> we haven't heard that yet. But we're hearing things that are being embraced as socially acceptable and endorsed by even the biggest celebrities and athletes and career politicians. In fact, at this point, being a faithful Christian in the midst of all of this deadly sin is a pretty lowly, lonely, and dangerous endeavor. I'm not alone. You're not alone. But sometimes it feels like it, doesn't it? Now, this is uh, not meant to be a pity party or my opportunity in a hostage situation to air my grievances to you from this pulpit. This is a proclamation. Let me ask you this. Is any of this terrifying sinfulness, is any of it brand new to humanity? I mean, honestly, are we that ignorant to think that in our pride, can we really believe that no one else in all of history has ever had to deal with immorality or terrorism, disease, and disobedience to God? Could we really think that? Sometimes I, get, I think I find myself falling into it, but honestly, are we the first ones to ever have it so bad? I hear the words of my mother, oh, please. Right? No. In fact, if we look to Scripture, and I love the words 
of our Lord in the Old Testament lesson this morning from Isaiah 51, um, verses 1 and 2. He says, listen to me. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Further, it says, look to Abraham and to Sarah. Now, God first spoke these words thousands of years ago to faithful Israelites as they were trying to deal with the sin that surrounded them, that had infiltrated their ranks. Their relatives up to the north were, well, they'd already been swallowed up by the Assyrians. They'd been conquered. And things weren't looking good down in the south. Their religious and political leaders were bad, to say the least. They were calling for appeasement with the enemy. And in fact, they were, in so many words, saying, everyone play nice and practice tolerance. They would try to win the enemy's favor with gold and riches. These these leaders were calling for and enacting policies that were pleasing to the very people who were out to destroy them, but they were not pleasing God who created them. They were not pleasing to the one who provided for them and redeemed them. The faithful, the faithful Israelites were few in number. Many of their own friends and their own family had already forsaken their faith and glommed on to the more popular or sensual and rewarding beliefs that were common in the practices of the day. The faithful Israelites were looking around and seeing that they were in trouble. They would ask, what do we need to do? How can we fix this? How can we fix this? Does that sound familiar? Maybe we hear today, the church is growing old and dying. The church is not relevant anymore. It's not hip. How can we fix it? How can we make church cool? How can we grow the church? How can we get more money and more young people? Listen to me. Listen to me. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham and Sarah. Dearly beloved, and you are, you are beloved to each other, to me, and to the Father. These words are every bit as relevant today as they were when our forefathers heard them 2,700 years ago. 
our Lord calls us back with those words. Look to Abraham. Look to Sarah. He calls us back to our genealogy, where we came from. Realize just how profound the language of rock and quarry is. God used these very specific terms and images for a reason. He does not waste words. Let me ask you this. How much life is in a rock? Can a rock produce? Have you ever heard about a male rock going into rut? Or a female rock going into heat? Can two rocks procreate and make a a little rock, you know, a chip off the old block? You poor people. Thank you for laughing at that. But of course not. A rock is dead. A rock is lifeless. Just like Abraham was in terms of procreation and lineage. God even tells us that. He tells us it multiple times in Scripture. Romans 4, 18 and 19. Hebrews 11, verse 12. He says this, using these exact phrases, that Abraham, against all hope, and he was as good as dead, and the same thing could be said of his wife. Sarah was likened to a quarry or a cistern. Cistern is a closer translation from the Hebrew. We know what a quarry is. It's a large stone pit, right? And what of a cistern? I'm sure many of you know what a cistern is. But for those who don't, basically a, a cistern is a kind of a, a cement pit or a pool that is designed to hold water. So what we are told of Sarah's condition is this. God says that her womb was basically a dried up, empty quarry or a cistern. It was an empty pit that had not a drop of life in it. It was incapable of sustaining or providing life. Keep in mind, keep in mind, my friends, this, that we're talking about our forefather and foremother of the faith, as good as dead, dried up. Now, how did Abraham and Sarah come to conceive and give birth to Isaac, the child of promise? Well, God did it. He granted it. God made it happen. From two empty, lifeless sources, a rock and an empty cistern, God himself produced an abundance of life, of which we are part of today through faith. And this takes us back to our present-day fears. This takes us back to our concerns and the realities of right now. This takes us back to the very words of our Lord and Savior in response 
to Peter's confession. Peter confessed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And on this rock-solid confession, that's a better translation than the one I read to you, not on Peter, the rock, but on this rock-solid confession, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know, this world is scary. That is no doubt about it. It is a scary place, but it always has been scary. Our family history shows this. Ever since sin entered the lives of Adam and Eve, we've been running and hiding and scared. It's not new that each generation fears that the church itself seems to always be on the brink of failure. For each generation... Each generation of Christian fears that the church is going to die. That it's going to die off with their generation. Or the next generation will always be the one to fall away and kill off the church. Predictably, predictably, many a faithful Christian with the best intentions tries to fix the problems and save the church. We have our solutions. There are companies out there that are designed to build your church for you. Just send your money, and they'll come in, and they'll work a miracle for you. We have our cures. We will build up and save our church, or we will die trying. My fellow redeemed, do you realize how silly this thinking is, and and how it really sounds? Do you realize how such statements, even with the best intentions, they really fly in the face of God? Do you realize how such statements and intentions are, how old they are, how, how long people have been saying the very same thing through the generations? If it's to be, it's up to me. Faith is not a spectator sport, but faith is faith. And you're not building it. It was given to you. Don't worry, says the Lord. You have my promise that the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Whose church? Jesus, his church. So what? So stay faithful. Christ promises this, remain in this rock-solid confession of faith and I will take care of the building up and the protecting and the nourishing and the leading. That's his promise. And take note of this. This is Christ's church and he does the building, the protecting, the nourishing, and the leading. He himself says so. He says, I will build my church. Again, we are being taken back to our family history. We are being taken back to see where we came from. 
and what we went through. Also that we can confidently and fearlessly stay the course of what we have been faithfully taking and headed on. Our Father has always and will always take care of his people. His assembly of the faithful. His church. The church on earth has always been persecuted. The church on earth has always been in trouble. The devil and his minions are always seeking ways to infect, to sicken, to kill off God's holy bride and her children, her children of faith. And yet, at Reformation Lutheran Church in Westminster, here we are. Here we are, by God's grace. The gates of hell have not prevailed. Our Father has always provided. He's always protected and always delivered us oftentimes in spite of us and our efforts. Our family history shows us from Adam to Noah to Abraham to Moses, from St. Paul and St. Peter to us today. And that is that his people have always been saved and redeemed through simple faith alone in him. Are you worried or concerned about all the hell that, that's breaking loose in our world today? If you are, listen to this, because Jesus says to us, give attention to me, my people. Jesus says, look and listen to me. Fear, love, and trust in me in all things. My righteousness draws near. In fact, it's so close you are in its very presence right now. Take and eat. Take and drink. This is my body and my blood given for you. He says, fear not, for I am with you always. Now, I know you're scared. I know you're concerned. You're not alone. You've never been alone. And again, our family history shows us this. The deadly, sinful stuff that we struggle with today is always prowled around. It's always prowled around our family looking for someone to devour. And that's why we proclaim Christ and Him crucified. We look to the cross where upon the outstretched arms of our Savior, where he died a death for you and for me. And we ask, what do you have to fear? Because Jesus said it is finished. It's his body was given for you. It was his body that has accomplished all the work of redemption on that cross and through his resurrection. It's his body of life and victory that continues to work on and build up and protect his church. The very church that stands firm on the solid rock of his all-redeeming death and resurrection. His death, his 
body, his church. Christ and him crucified is God's plan for his children, his family. From the Son comes the forever relevant and unfailing gift of life and deliverance for you and for me and for all God's people for all time. Here in this font, here in this bread and in this wine, here this morning is your past, your present, and future, and a source of peace and comfort that you have as a baptized child of the household and the family of the almighty living God. In the name of Jesus, amen.
face shall be signs the clouds be rolled back as a scroll the trump shall resound and the lord shall descend even so Please stand. Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, God the Father, Father Almighty, Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord and God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we gather this morning to praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord, for enabling us to safely gather to worship you, and we pray that you would protect us from the COVID virus during our time together. We also thank you for the technology we use to share your word with those who are unable to meet with us in person. We have a great deal to be thankful for, Holy Father, but we are distracted from our gratefulness by the troubles that surround us and they seem insurmountable most of the time. Satan is piling on, and we need you to show us the way out of the holes we have dug for ourselves. We face excessive heat, floods, severe storms, fires, a divided and hate-filled country, and political representatives that demonstrate the worst of our national character rather than the best. We thank you for our elected form of government, and plead for your wisdom as we choose those who would lead us in the future. It's funny, we're indeed sad, Almighty Father, that you have repeatedly warned us throughout history of the consequences when we turn our backs on you. You speak to us constantly through the Holy Spirit, but we ignore you. 
You have even had your wisdom written down in Holy Scripture for us to read when our memories grow faint, but we don't often read your word. We frequently ignore you, but demand your instant attention when we get ourselves into trouble and call upon you. Thanks for being a loving father who tolerates our insolence much as we would a two-year-old's tantrum. We know that you promise not to forsake us and that you will always be with us, but we fear your discipline for our self-centeredness while we live on earth. We plead for your mercy in the sake of your faithful. Holy Spirit, please strengthen our faith in the saving grace of our Father through Jesus. We are under attack and it is fierce. Our faith is tested daily, even hourly. Please give us the faith of Daniel and his companions when facing evil. We are weak and easily influenced by evil thoughts. Please keep us strong in our focus on Jesus until the end of the age. We especially ask for your protection for the firefighters battling brush fires and extreme heat throughout California and for law enforcement officers throughout our nation who serve to protect us. Lord, we pray for our nation. That's all we can pray. We don't know what to do or where we're going, but you do. Please save our nation from those who would destroy what you have ordained. Lord, we continue to pray for the medical professionals who serve to heal our friends and family and all who are afflicted with disease or ailments. Please help the scientists throughout the world work together to find treatments and vaccines for the COVID virus. We pray for our school-aged children, Lord, elementary through college. We love them as you love us. Please keep them in your care and guide us to teach them the truth that only comes from you. Illuminate in their minds the lies and deceptions that are so often served by their instructors and protect them from accepting ideas or philosophies that are contrary to your precepts. We pray for the safety of all of our military members. They serve to protect all of us around the world and at home. Please shield them from all harm. Holy Father, we pray for those who travel. Please give all we love safe journeys and bring them home to us when their travels conclude. Holy Spirit, you know our hearts. Please calm our anxieties and strengthen our trust in our Holy Father. Help us to listen to our Father more and speak less. Almighty God, thank you for our church family and our pastor. We pray for the safety of those who worship here and your protective embrace of all faithful wherever they are. We also give thanks for healing those among us who are ill or suffering. Dear God Almighty, thank you for hearing and answering our prayers, and especially, Father, for the saving grace of your Son, Jesus. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now may the 
peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Let us share the peace respectfully at a distance. Will you please stand, if you're able, and please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God, our might, heaven and earth of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now together pray the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Now, because of the season that we find ourselves in, we do things a little bit different for the live stream and everything else. So um, Ken and I will um, take communion together now. Um, and then for those who are in attendance, we will have uh, Holy Communion after the service is over. So um, communion is for all who believe and confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I heard you do that. And so please be seated now. And when it's time to come up, the, um, you'll be ushered up. So the table is prepared. If you wouldn't mind, would you stand for the benediction, and then I promise I'll let you sit down right again. Where we come from does matter, but we need to remember who we came from, and who is in control of us right now, and who made the promises that we cling to, and that is life everlasting through His Son. So yeah, I mean, it might be interesting to go and 23andMe or whatever those places are to find out who they say you are, but you know who you are, and your name is written in his book. Amen? Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know thus is the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I prove him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus, just to trust His cleansing blood, just in simple faith to plunge me neath the healing cleansing flood. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him trust in Jesus just from sin and self to cease just from Jesus simply taking life and rest and joy and peace Jesus, Jesus how I trust him, how I proved him more and more 
Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend, and I know that Thou art with me, wilt be with me till the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, Precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Amen. Let us go in peace and serve the Lord. Thank you for worshiping with us.